0: Ever wondered what's on the Infendo Radio cutting room floor? Find out now for $10 a month over at patreon.com slash infendoradio.
1: Collecting every coin so you don't have to. Infendo Radio is on now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Infendo Radio. It is episode 507, and I'm here with two good-looking gentlemen. How are you doing tonight, Steve?
0: You know it kills me We sit in front of computers all day for work And then what do we do in our off time We sit down on Wednesday nights And we sit in front of our computers for two and a half hours Do we hate ourselves or what
1: Yeah you know what It's going to be okay though Because this time when I'm sitting in front of my computer Not only do I have my cat cup of coffee But I've got my Lukey Poo How are you doing tonight Lucas
2: Well I got a handsome and a Lukey Poo out of you So I'm doing just dandy man Show off (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, um, Lucas, little, a day late, but happy birthday yesterday from everybody at Infendo. Yes, we hope you had a good one.
2: Many thanks. I'm finally 18, and it feels so good.
0: <laughs> I still can't believe you share a birthday with the great Jimmy Chunga, you son of a bitch. I'm so jealous.
2: Jimmy Chunga, who for everybody who's listening who doesn't listen to us regularly knows is some guy who's part of something that we're part of, right? Uh-huh.
0: Yep. So that's a thing. <laughs> exactly. One of, the, one of the three owners of the Pod Bash ne- or the Radio Ronin Network excuse me.
1: Well something that you guys do know About that we're doing is Our producers so we actually want to thank Those people right at the top of the show Thank you Andrew Searson, the Brianosaurus, Sky Pharaoh, EP Knothead and Phantom for producing tonight's Show um, we have a good one for you by The way so we hope you stick around we'll be Back right after this
0: You've heard the amazing produce show we have, you've never seen the stuff that we actually do when we report. You can do that every Wednesday night at twitch.tv slash infendoradio.
2: Welcome back to Infendo Radio. Um, we're going to start tonight with a little bit of a roundtable, and the reason I'm the one introducing it is because I'm the twisted madman who came up with the topic Um, I was actually hanging out in our Discord with Steven and a bunch of the other peeps, and one of our peeps, Colton, um, actually suggested that there's kind of a big difference between storytelling and games as it's done through, like, cutscenes and stuff that's done through lore, and I figured this might be a decent topic to kind of chat up about a little bit. Um, so I'll kind of, I'll kind of take point, and you guys can kind of deliver whatever feedback you have on this. But, um... I'm not a huge cutscene guy when I'm playing a video game. Okay. Uh, If it's the right game, like um, I've been playing the new Fire Emblem, and the cutscenes in that game are awesome, man. The voice acting is top-notch. I love it. But um, alternatively, a game that's very similar to that that does nothing for me is uh, Valkyria Chronicles 4. It's Mm. also a not a real-time strategy, but it's a strategy game. Um, You know, a lot of RPG elements. It's very much borrowing the Fire Emblem formula. But man, there are a lot of cutscenes in between the action, and it is boring. It's like you sit through a cutscene, and then you sit through another cutscene, and then you go back to the menu and you choose another cutscene, and after like five or six of those, you actually get to have a battle. But I'm the kind of guy that likes to um, boot up a game and just kind of get lost in the world, you know? So I talk about Skyrim a lot, but I think Skyrim is a great example of something like that. It has its little cutscene at the beginning, and it's got, you know, some dialogue and stuff throughout the game. But you're largely kind of discovering the world, kind of like Breath of the Wild. Um, You're largely discovering the world through the things that you encounter, the things that you do, the books that you read. You know, it's it's more, I would describe it as more of a lore-based game than like a a cutscene-heavy game. And that kind of stuff really works in its favor to me. Um, I think, oddly enough, a game I didn't like that did that was Metroid Prime, right? I mean, a lot of Metroid Prime is going around and scanning different objects and finding different things out and kind of learning about the world as you go. But um, I guess the long and short of it is, I like a game that just kind of throws me into it, doesn't tell me too much, and kind of lets me make my own assumptions. Okay. What do you guys think?
1: Well, um, Stephen, unless you want to go here, I have a few thoughts there to kind of piggyback off Lucas. Okay, yeah, so... um, Honestly, I can see it both ways. I don't know that I would necessarily be able to pick either or. Because I guess it just depends on the game if, um, if it's doing it well, right? So, like for example, you've already kind of given a couple of examples of that. Like Metroid Prime, I would give as a good example of not necessarily throwing cutscenes in front of you, right? Like there's a couple of in-game cutscenes, but mostly everything is in-game is like kind of storytelling, right? Or like in-game storytelling where you're like reading logs and everything like that. So there are certain cutscenes, but not like a Red Dead Redemption where it completely takes you out of the game to you know. Show you this visual, you know, and that kind of takes you out of it. I'm I, like I, watching a movie. Yes. Now, the I've seen games that can do it well. You know, Red Dead Redemption wouldn't be a good example, in my opinion. But I guess it really just depends on the game and how it's how it's um, how it's set up. If I had to choose, gun to my head, probably no um, no cutscenes and just kind of leave it Metroid style, or you know, like kind of let the environment do the storytelling. But um, you know. I I like it both ways.
0: So, wow. Um, There's a your mom joke there, I'm sorry.
2: In (laughs) memoriam of Justin.
0: Yeah. That's what she said. There we go. Thank you very much. So, moving on from that very obvious your mom joke, um, I actually prefer cutscenes in my games. Um, So, when I I haven't beat any of the Metroid Prime games, and I know they're one of the most famous ones for lore very much like Skyrim um you know you really have to go seeking out that lore you have to be reading books or you have to be scanning glyphs or you know whatever it is where you get your lore i would much prefer have the story told to me in the cutscene because i'm lazy i don't really like exploring generally when i play a game i just main path to the end of the game and call it a day um you know but i just if if they're going to give me a story just give me some really good cutscenes But you got to make the cutscenes actually good. I don't want, like, the BS crap that you get at the beginning of a Mario game. I don't need that. I don't need to know that Bowser has kidnapped Peach again. I don't care. I just want to play a Mario game. But, like, you know, when the story's unfolding in Final Fantasy, for instance, I love the cutscenes in Final Fantasy, um, especially 10. Um, You know, just because they add a lot to the story, and I don't have to go seeking them out. They're just kind of there. Um, so yeah, I actually prefer a good cutscene. It feels like you're playing an interactive movie to me, which is kind of why yeah. I enjoy it. And I know that we've had that talk before on various chats, but not on the show, I don't think.
2: So so now I want to share a little story <laughs> about a town I found in Skyrim. Um, I was playing through for like the 180th time, and there's this town that gets mentioned in, God, get ready for me to maximum nerd on you guys. In the song Ragnar the Red, which is one of the songs you can listen to in the tavern. Nice. Um, <laughs> they mention that a guy came riding from Whiterun, which is a major town in the city, in the game that, you know, you visit all the time, to Old Rorikstead. And that got me thinking, huh, the dude who gets executed at the beginning of the game said he came from Rorikstead. I've never been to Rorikstead. I'm gonna go check it out. So I hoofed my way over to this town, and I met a bunch of people, and there was like an old wizard dude and a little girl whose parents didn't want her learning magic and everything, and I was like, oh cool, okay, I'm, I'm learning about the town. But then I started reading on the wiki, because I was like, there's nothing to do in this town, it's just a big old empty town. And the wiki was like, oh, there's a lot of people who think that all of these people are like demon worshippers because they mention that the town's been around for like 300 years, but the founder of the town is still alive. So how could that be? And also they all have like these little like demon books hidden away in different parts of their houses and everything. It's not a quest. It's never officially stated anywhere in the game but i think it is so cool to happen upon something like that and only through like groupthink and you know like shared collective experiences mm-hmm. people start whittling that stuff away
1: man i can get lost
2: on a wiki for a game Dude, you know I... like
1: uh, you're uh, th- that's reminding me exactly of my experience with Dark Souls I know I bring that up all the freaking time but like that's exactly how Dark Souls does its storytelling you know like there will be yep. like one little bit of storytelling in like an item description you know and then it'll tell a story of like some area in the game you know and you would you go see that area and you kind of kind of can visualize can kind of like imagine that scene unfolding you know that as it was told in the item like I love that stuff dude I really do yeah it's a lot of fun. It's it's fun because, like, as an
2: adult, um, you know, like, as a kid, you hear the same old stories over and over, and you're like, Whoa! But then as, like, an adult, you know, you don't get quite as psyched by all that stuff anymore. So when you get something that, like, doesn't hit you until a lot later, and it's like all the pieces come together, and you're like, Whoa, they're worshipping demons. Like, it's cool, you know? There's a little bit of, like, uh, I think the trope is fridge horror. Where it's like, it doesn't really hit you till later on, but it's a cool one to experience. I love stuff like that. Yeah. There's, um, actually speaking of, that same guy who gets murdered... He mentions um, when they're when they're going into the town where you get executed before the dragon attacks, he's like, oh, I wonder if What's-Her-Name is still making the uh, beer with elderberries that I like so much. And if you go up to, like, one of the burnt houses, you can find a few bottles of mead that actually has, like, the berries in it. And it's just an aesthetic thing. It's the only place in the game where you can yeah. find that particular drink. But it's like, oh, that's cool. She lived here, and oh, she probably died here. But, like... I just man I love stuff like that. That's why I get so into these games, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's fun to just wander for hours and just kind of flesh out the world in your own head, you know, make theories. So,
0: well, and the funny thing about me is I almost contradict myself sometimes cuz I say I like a good cutscene and whatnot, but how much time have I spent reading those 3 Zelda books, the Historia well, I guess oh, yeah, the two, historian and Encyclopedia. I have a copy on my desk that I read on Saturdays when I'm on call just because I've got nothing better to do. Or, you know, I'm the same person where, like, I enjoy the Resident Evil stories so much that I actually own the books that were written that kind of go along with those games because I enjoy the storytelling. Or the Star Wars movies, you know. I know that that's a little bit different because it's not a video game. But even the Star Wars movies, like, I'm currently reading through the Star Wars books right now because they give you oh. more insight into well, the lore.
2: Well, everything I love about Star Wars is, is like, the lore. from, yeah, not, yeah. like, it's like, not oh, the movie, it's, like, yeah. that, it's <laughs> like, whoa, planets and space stations, and what's that alien? But then it's so. like, I watch the movies, and I'm like, yeah. So I guess I, guess I am
0: a little more like Eugene, because I do kind of play both sides of the fence, but it depends on how I'm consuming the media. If it's movies where they're so short, I enjoy the lore. But if it's video games, I would rather just have it force-fed to me in cutscenes.
2: And I would make the argument that as far as storytelling games go, Zelda games, by and large, Breath of the Wild kind of being the notable exception, along with maybe some of the really old ones that were like 2D, um, they are a good mix of cutscenes and lore. You know, if if you play the games at face value and you get the vanilla experience, you're getting cutscene gameplay. You know, right. you're not really getting a lot of, like, but then when you start going on and you're reading all the wikis and you're reading the Hyrule Historias and you're on all the forums, it's like, oh, look at all this neat stuff Nintendo mm-hmm. crammed in here. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so kind of best of both worlds, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well and even the Pokemon lore, like just the stuff that you read in the Pokedex. Oh my god. We we could do an entire show on that. In Don't... fact, maybe we'll make that our bonus episode this month.
2: Maybe we will. Because i hey, be yeah, a good there's one. So Eugene, I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a Pokemon timeline, <laughs> and it's as convoluted as the Zelda timeline.
0: Oh, dude, let's see so,
1: that wait, for a bonus Wait, 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 wait. There is a Pokemon timeline. Okay, so so real quick, we'll <laughs> delve into
2: this more. We'll delve into this more on the bonus episode. Uh, but you know, you know, Fire Red and Leaf Green, and Heart Gold and Soul Silver, and you, Omega Ruby and Alpha Eugene, Sapphire. Eugene, this, you know this games? makes
0: the Zelda timeline look like a straight line. I'm not even Okay, joking. so
2: all the so all the spin-off games supposedly take place in their own timeline, which is the same timeline as the Gen 6 games that introduced Mega Evolution.
1: Wait, so we're talking spin-off games like Rumble and Mystery Dungeon No, like no, 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 no. The 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 um the, remakes. the enhanced
2: remakes like of oh, Fire Red okay, because okay. because
1: there's this oh, scene God, in Omega this, Ruby. Oh,
2: sh- sh- yeah, there's this Okay, so there's this scene in Omega Ruby and Alpha <laughs> Sapphire. Where Deoxys, or was it Deoxys? Yeah, Deoxys yeah. is going to like destroy the planet, and they're like, oh, we can use Mega Evolution, like the power of Mega Evolution, to send him to an alternate reality. And they're like, but what if that alternate reality never discovered Mega Evolution? And then you're like, oh my God, they're talking about the original Ruby and Sapphire games. Uh-huh. Like, that's yeah. So that's Pokemon's got a timeline, and it's not. Yeah, it's, wow. It's a dual and the only reason. Line. And, and I'll tell you, the only reason I'm not as invested in it as I am in like the Zelda timeline is because split. I can make my own... What's well, because I can make my own character in Pokemon. So when I play a Pokemon game, it's I'm I not playing that. as Red yeah. or Gold or Brendan. As... I'm yep. playing as me, and I'm telling my own story. Like, oh, this is my Chikorita that I had since I was a little kid, or, you know, that kind of stuff. When I play Zelda... Like they let you name yourself, but you're always Link. You know, Link is a character. He's an established character. Right. You know what you're getting. You know, so there's
1: it's not its own really sto- there's not as much player agency in Zelda as there is in like a Pokemon, where you can you know very choose. well put. Yeah. Okay. That that, that yeah. makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah. Zelda is like okay, tell me a story. Pokemon is like all right, let me write my own story. You mm-hmm. know, <laughs> at least up until
1: freaking Sun and Moon. Those <laughs> games are all just plot. So back to our round table real quick I do want to have one more thought because when you were talking Skyrim Lucas um, it just made me think man I wish Breath of the Wild was as like dense as um, Skyrim so I really hope Breath of the Wild 2 is kiss
2: you right now Yeah, (laughs) I could kiss you right now,
1: Eugene. You just said what I've been thinking for like three years, man. Well, and you know, it it is true. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Breath of the Wild. But if, like, they can get to the point where it's as dense in Breath of the Wild 2... As like a Skyrim is, like where, you know, you're not just traveling forest for the sake of traveling forest, you know, the forest is there for a reason type of thing, you know, like that's what I see, And not just to collect a Korok, because that only has so much, you know. See, I see I see Breath of the Wild as
2: like, it, it, I, I have a friend who really likes playing games where you're out in nature, you're exploring nature, and it's calm and it's quiet. Breath of the Wild does a great job of doing that. Breath mm-hmm. of the Wild is a very good self-contained world where it's like, oh, look at that mountain. Oh, look at that river. Oh, this is a cool, you know, like that kind of stuff. Whereas like a game like Skyrim is more like, oh, hey, check out all these towns full of books on history that I played in the last five games and that kind of, you right. Know, that kind of stuff. Right. Like, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. I'm hopeful that they use the same basic world for Breath of the Wild too, and they can just fill it with a stuff.
1: Right. Well, um, yeah, dude, I'm I'm with you on that one. And even if it's like a smaller world, but just like, just jam-packed with stuff, I'd be cool with that. Even,
0: like... Oh, you mean like Majora's Mask? Totally. Totally.
1: Yeah, Yeah, totally. Like, even if it was just like the Great Plateau, honestly, like, if it's packed with stuff to do, and like dungeons and stuff, like, sign me up.
2: That would be huge for me.
1: And also, I'm gonna say it,
2: and... I, I want it only because it's Breath of the Wild, and I think it's the right format for it, and I would never say this about another Zelda game. I want to do, like, the character creator thing. Like, one of the things I love about Skyrim is getting to play as a, an Argonian, or a Khajiit, or a Nord, or, you know, whatever. I want to be like a Zora, or a Goron, or a Deku, and run around, you know? So, that'd be nice.
1: <sighs> well, have we exhausted this topic, boys?
0: I do believe so.
1: I think we about did, yep. So uh, thank you everybody for sticking around. We're going to take a little break and we will be right back right around the corner. Would you
2: like to play a game? Well, too bad you can't. That's our job. But you can give us some suggestions over at patreon.com slash infendoradio. Hello everybody and welcome back to Infendo Radio. Um A question that comes up an awful lot when we're sitting around... Shooting the breeze with one another is, man, is that something that Tingle did? Or is that something that Trevor Phillips from <laughs> Grand Theft Auto 5 did? You know, they're just so similar, right? I mean, you wouldn't think so, but that's the entire premise of tonight's game, and I managed to get ten questions that I think might stump
0: these gentlemen. So, Eugene, um, take your victory lap now. I've never. Even played a thought so a game. we're
2: gonna we're gonna play a game, and um, the way we're gonna do this, okay, to make things a little fair, I, I I actually had it all set up, and Justin was gonna be in the middle, and Steve was gonna be on the end, but Justin's not here, so Eugene is going to answer first because I don't think. You Eugene knows anything about Tingle or Trevor Phillips.
1: Am I, I correct in assuming that? Oh, I know Tingle. Who doesn't know Tingle? Come right.
0: on. Eugene, I don't okay. think we know Tingle the way we think we know Tingle.
1: Um, right, well, I played Tingle's Ru- Rosie land, so that I mean, I know Tingle that well. All right. Well, you know
2: what? Since there's only two of you, we'll just alternate. Um, yeah, so the way this is going to work is I've got some questions lined up. I'm going to ask them to you guys. And then one by one, you're going to give me your answers on whether you think this is Tingle or Trevor Phillips. You guys ready to play?
0: I'm ready. Dear God, here we go. Let's do it.
2: All right, Uh, your first, first, I guess they're more of statements than questions, your first statement. This character was based on a famous criminal. Is it Tingle or Trevor Phillips?
0: I think you're trying to trick me, so I'm gonna go with uh, Tingle.
1: Okay, Um, Eugene. I guess I gotta go with Sir Trevor to be contrarian. All right, and just
2: remember, you guys can vote for the same one if you so want, but no, that was actually um, straight up, Steve. That was that was Trevor Phillips. Boom! Yeah, he's he's based on, I
1: believe, an English man who was a little nutty. Nice. So so he gave, that, he's, uh, he threw us a, a nice little softie there. Well, at least okay, yeah,
2: okay. I, like to, I like to start off easy and get a okay. little bit harder. All right, point for Eugene.
0: That's what she All said. All right.
2: Easy. <laughs> In this character's game, you break them out of jail. Is this Tingle or Trevor Phillips? Tingle. Tingle. All right. Very good. Very good. Wind that wager. is Tingle, and that is Wind mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Number three. This character first appeared in the seventh main series game of his series. Wait, wait, is wait, wait. Is this wait, wait, Tingle wait.
0: or Trevor Phillips? Wait, 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 wait. This wait, is wait, my wait. answer, isn't it? Uh, yes, Steven. Hang on, I'm counting. <laughs> I sw- I think it's single. Okay. Well, Eugene.
1: I-, I need the I need a repeat of the question one more time, please.
2: This character first appeared in the seventh main series game of Oh, his okay, series. okay, okay.
1: Got it. Um, hold on. <laughs> one,
0: two, seven, divide by four, carry three.
1: Um, Trevor Phillips.
2: Okay, so we've got a Tingle from Steve and a Trevor from Eugene. Uh Uh-huh. It's Trevor Phillips, guys. Mm. His first game was GTA V, but that is not the fifth main game in the series. Whereas Tingle appeared in, like, the fifth or sixth or whatever. Yeah, Majora's Mask. Yeah, Majora's Mask. All right, guys, you ready for your next one? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. This character is 48 years old. Is Tingle. Tingle or Trevor Phillips? No, guys, it's Trevor Phillips. How old is Tingle? In Majora's Mask, his dad says he's 35.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, damn it. Because his dad's like the, the photo guy or something, right? Yeah. Mmm, dang it. Yeah, Trevor is
2: a whopping 48 years old, so.
0: Well, the good news is I suck at this game as bad as I do all the others, so I'm consistent.
2: <laughs> You're only down by two points, Steve. Oh, okay. I wouldn't worry too much. Okay. All right this character has two brothers is it tingle or trevor phillips trevor phillips two brothers hold on this has got to be tingle all right so we've got a trevor from steve and a tingle from eugene
1: Mm mm-hmm it's tingle Yes! Because Wind Waker, there, there's, there's
0: Tingle There's three of them now.
2: The third dude, trust me, I went on the mm-hmm. wiki, Steve. The third dude was saved by Tingle in an accident, I dressed up and forced to work on his island with his two brothers. God, that game is
1: dark. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, Trevor only has one brother, apparently. So, Speaking of lore that you can't find in a cutscene. No. Yeah, there you go. Um, All right,
2: this one should be interesting. (laughs) I think I'm gonna start making them worth double points too, just for the sake of giving Steve a fighting chance here, Eugene. Does that sound reasonable to you? Because it's currently four to one and we're halfway done. So we're in the bonus rounds now. I'm cool with it. This character is confirmed to be
1: heterosexual,
2: Tingle.
1: Okay, Trevor Phillips. Okay, this is going to be a tough one. Uh, can I think. Am I first?
2: Uh, yeah, Eugene, you can go first.
1: Uh, I'm gonna go with Trevor Phillips. Okay.
0: I'm gonna go Steve? with Trevor Phillips as well.
2: You would both be wrong. <gasps> Um. Yeah, the, Miyamoto was asked in an interview at one time whether or not Tingle was supposed to be gay because he gets added to a lot of, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. top 10 gay video game character lists. And Miyamoto's like, no, we didn't <laughs> even see it. We're just making a character that does silly things. So, whereas, wow. um, yeah, yeah. So that's a thing. Okay, well, you learn something new every day. Yeah. yeah, and Trevor. Trevor does fall in love with an old woman who reminds him of his own mother, but he's also talked about like openly being bi in the game. So hmm. that was kind of a thing. Uh, all right, guys. This character's dad died when he was ten years old. Oh boy. Um, no, it's got to be Trevor.
0: Trevor Phillips. Yeah,
2: and I kind of gave that to you because I was talking about Tingle's dad. I, yeah, that I was just Trevor thinking of Phillips. that. yes yeah, I was like, wait a minute. All right, all right, all right. So that gives, oh jeez, that gives Eugene six and Steve three. Still a this chance. character mm-hmm. has a tattoo on his shoulder. T- is it
1: Tingle or Trevor Phillips? I'm gonna go
0: with Tingle on this one.
1: Okay. I'm gonna go with Trevor.
2: All right, well, needless to say, only one of you is right. <laughs> The character with the tattoo on his shoulder is Trevor Phillips. Okay. Steve, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I, I'm trying to think, has Tingle ever taken off his onesie? Like I don't think so.
2: Fun fact, when I was doing this research, I actually found a drawing of Tingle from Majora's Mask without um his hat. And he had like a bowl cut. It was really nice. <laughs> okay. So. Like it was ah,
1: official yeah. concept art? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm looking All right. I want our, everybody our that's listening to the show to Google Tingle without outfit. It'll be great.
0: Yeah, it'll I promise. Oh, it'll dear well Lord, yeah. You. Safe search on. Uh, all right, guys. <laughs>
2: there's only two questions left, but maybe through the miracle of upping the point score, Steve can pull ahead here. Um, for this round and the last round, it's going to be worth um, three points each. All right. This character's primary outfit. Features a Cobra on the back. Is this Tingle or Trevor Phillips?
0: You think I would know this after playing Hyrule Warriors for four hundred and fifty hours.
1: <laughs> I'm going Trevor.
0: If this right. if this isn't Trevor Phillips, I'm gonna be very upset with myself. So, so tre- are you also going Trevor? I am. Be very upset with yourself, oh,
2: Steve. My, are you serious? <laughs> I never <laughs> noticed it! Are you serious? He's got a little yellow cobra on the back of his outfit. Hang
0: on. Out of Minecraft. Where's Hyrule Warriors? It was in Wind Waker,
2: and it's on Hyrule Warriors. I believe it's on Hyrule Warriors. And it's on the tingle outfit that you can wear in Breath of the
1: Wild. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) What?
0: Hang on, hang on. I'm looking it up. <laughs> I, oh, I'm boy. booting up Hyrule Warriors so we speak, but what's, what's our last question? Alright, well, just our for, last just question. For, I don't even this care. This one hurts.
2: Yeah, This character um, shares something in common with Samus Aaron in that he has a mole on his chin. Is this Tingle or Trevor Phillips?
1: Hmm. <laughs> Good lord. I, I, I'm gonna go with Tingle.
0: Okay. Steven? I'm probably gonna regret this. I'm also going to go with Tingle.
1: <laughs> Alright, well,
2: you ended on a high note. Tingle does have a mole on his chin. Congratulations, boys. Nice. E- Eugene won You can't th- see by-
0: the cobra on his back because he's wearing a backpack in Hyrule. <laughs> So do it. I just need to confirm this with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, so now well, I don't feel so bad.
2: For those of you who <laughs> keep track of every game we play and add it to the Infendo wiki, um, Eugene ended that with 11 points, Steve ended it with 6, but we're all winners because we learned a little bit more about two of gaming's most
1: important characters, right <laughs> <which I> guys? <laughs>
0: Oh, good lord.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Well, thank you for preparing that for us, Lucas. Um, we are going to take a break, and we're going to be right back. Have you ever wanted to know what kind of underwear that we're all wearing during the show? Well, if you have, you can answer that question at patreon.com slash for $3. There's no limits. Ask what you want. All right, and we are back it is time to do the question block. Um, so the Bryanosaurus asks, if you could unhinge your jaw like a snake does to prey, who would you eat and why? Wow. Um, Wait,
0: who? I thought that said what? (laughs) No, it's who. (laughs) Holy... (laughs) Pika. Well, that just went a completely different direction.
1: (laughs) Um,
2: uh, Lucas... Um, Eugene, I think you need to keep... I think you need to keep all of this in the produced show.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> Just yeah. censor Steve oh. and keep this. No, it's in. It's in. It is all the way in. Um, Lucas, do you have an answer to this, um, interesting question? Guys, I looked at this question for three seconds and I had my
2: answer. It's so easy. So I've been lifting a lot of weights <laughs> and doing a lot of push-ups lately. And, you know, when you're just getting started and you're not that strong, it's hard and your muscles hurt and you get tired and out of breath. And I'm thinking, how can I get strong really quickly by eating the Rock Johnson, absorbing (laughs) his powers and becoming him? So if I could unhinge my jaw like a snake, the person I would eat is Dwayne the Rock Johnson so I could become him and have all of his powers and exercise easier. Simple as that, guys. I don't know
1: why this is so hard. (laughs) I like it. I like where you're going. So if we're going that direction, if I could absorb one man's powers easy... By by eating him like a snake. Yes. No, don't worry. I'm going to eat this man like a snake. Afro and all. Um I just want more energy these days, and who has more energy than Richard Simmons, man? Like that man is on like I, crack cocaine happened to him. All day. I haven't seen him in years. He got he got eaten
2: by a guy who could unhinge his jaw
1: like a snake. <laughs> exactly. <Jeez. laughs> exactly. And now that man is off doing great things. Um Steve, I first of all I wanna know what your original answer would have been before you thought who. Well, and then the I wanna I... know
0: who you're gonna eat. I was still trying to formulate my original answer, and then you actually read the question, and I'm like, well, I'm glad I can read. <laughs> I don't know. I think I almost have to go with, uh, who was the dude that played Superman in the new DC movies? Um, Henry he, Cavill?
1: Oh, yeah, he's the guy that's going to be Geralt, Geralt or whatever from The Witcher yeah, in the he Netflix he is series. a
0: good-looking dude. I would like to absorb his looks okay okay i was so.
1: wondering i was wondering where that was
2: going like <laughs> our looks are do looks correlate to taste in this universe yes
0: yes okay. i mean if we're absorbing powers we can absorb looks too
1: well then i'm okay. gonna eat beyonce because that she's she's not a ugly lady. yeah
0: yeah you're not wrong um, oh, yeah
2: but somebody already put a ring on uh, eugene so he's off sorry <laughs> fellas <laughs>
1: Well, that was an interesting question that we took in an interesting route. But uh, thank you, Brianasaurus, for posing it for us. Um, we're going to take a little break here, though, and we're going to be right back with Change the System.
2: Do you want to be the next Justin Bailey? Email tips at
1: if your code works. And we're back. It is time for Change the System, and I'm excited to talk about some of the games I've been playing. It's kind of been the same old, same old, if you, you know, wanna, you know, put it that way. But I do want to talk about some of my old standby. So first off, um, let's talk about Smash. I got heavy into Smash this weekend offline um, playing with buddies when we were just kind of, you know, hanging out and... um, you know I ended up having my switch with me and we ended up being you know waiting around for like you know 20 to 30 minutes and what better game to kill some time than smash it wasn't the best experience playing with like you know just the joy cons um kicked off but like you know we were just sitting around waiting there was nothing better to do so you know it was fun so that was a cool experience playing smash with um we had three players because I only had three joy cons with me and um, on just tabletop mode, and it, and it was fun. It was, it was uh, doable. I wouldn't recommend it all the time, obviously, but, you know, in a pinch, it was worth it. Um, so that was, that was a thing. Um, the next thing I was playing was, surprise, surprise, Pokemon Go! But guys, it's still so good. Like, I have to give it to Niantic because right when I thought that, um, and Heather too because she's at level 40. But right when I thought that, okay, there's not really anything else to, um, do in the game. Here they go adding another one of the, and and I'm going to have my, uh, my semantic or my terminology wrong here but another like field research task or whatever one of the like really long form ones to get a legendary Pokemon Jirachi it's, I think how you pronounce the name of that one mm-hmm. but um, yeah so I'm back in it doing all the tasks to get the things and here we go Lucas you ta- you've been playing Pokemon go too? tell me you've been playing some Pokemon go
2: well I haven't been playing Pokemon go but I did just request access to a discord group for people in my area who play Pokemon go um, mm-hmm. I've been wanting to branch out and hang out with people in the real world. And I'm thinking, you know, by talking to friends who are like, oh, I'd meet all kinds of friends through Pokemon Go. And I'm like, that's that a good makes idea. Makes sense. Yeah. So, like, any advice for somebody who's about to get his feet wet after, like, you know, a year and a half of not having played this game? Like,
1: no, you know, what not, do I do? not really. I think I you're going to fall right back into it because, honestly, the only. There's just more and more and more things to do in the game, you know, so not only can you catch your Pokemon, not only can you get your like daily um, rewards, but now there's like rewards that happen weekly and now there's rewards that happen, you know, even like it'll take you maybe a month to get because you have to like evolve a Phoebus and stuff like that. So yeah, dude, like I would say and I'm in one of those groups myself on Facebook. It's really fun because you everybody joins up on Community Day. Everybody goes and has a good time walking around and talking about the Pokemon they've caught, comparing Shinies, like stuff like that. It's, it's a good time. So my advice would be to find a good group and, um, you know, just go have fun. On it. <laughs> so, yeah, Pokemon Go is still a thing. It's fun. Um, but I'm not going to spend too much time talking about that because I want to talk about Pokemon Let's Go. Um,
2: I saw you playing that the other day. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I, um, I'm i doing the end game stuff where you have to go find fight all the trainers and, you know, fight the Machop trainer, fight the, you know, Poliwag trainer, all that stuff. That's fun still. Um, I, I don't know that it's necessarily the end game that I was looking for in a Pokemon game, but it's there and I still have to do it. So I'm going to complete it because I want to say that I have 100% of that game.
2: You're gonna 100%? Wow, man. You've beaten me. I restarted, <laughs> wow, and I'm impressive. like, I've got one badge!
1: Well, I, I guess the definition of 100% is going to vary, because I'm not gonna get, like, shinies of everybody, but I am gonna collect no, 100. No, but you're gonna... Tr- are you gonna to try to beat every trainer, though? Yep, I'm gonna beat every trainer. Oh, I want baby to, boy. I wanna collect all 151 <laughs> available Pokemon in the game. Um,
0: Under 53, is it? Oh, yeah, 153
1: because you've got Meltan Oh, Meltan, yeah. Yeah, I have Meltan no, I and the Melmetal, so we're covered there. But, yeah, I want to do it all. I, 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 when I when I go in and play that game, I, I forget how much joy I, it brought me when it first came out. And it just kind of yeah, brings man. me back to that. So I, I do want to finish it. Um, but, yeah, other games that I have been playing, I know I talked about Blossom Tale, um a lot. I am still playing that one. There's a lot of cool endgame stuff to that one. I have to say, I've gotten a greater appreciation for that game the more and more that I've been playing it. There's just so many um, quirky little um, touches that they've done to that game. So, like, when you die, the grandpa's like, oh, no, 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 that's not how I meant to tell the story. This is how it goes. <laughs> and then, you know, it, you know, you start the game up again. Like, little things like that really add a lot of character to it. I just wish that it had, like... You know, like uh, they had a weekend consultation with Miyamoto, you know, like so that he can take a look at the things that look, take a look at the puzzles and say, well, did you think about doing it that way? Because I think that's what it's missing. Maybe just, like, another six months of dev time to be like, you know, hey, let's focus test this. Exactly, yeah. Like, let's really fine-tune it. Because um, what I really appreciate about, like, the Zelda games is that they don't ever overdo an idea. So what I mean by that is, like, you go back to, like, even Link to the Past... And the turtle rock dungeon and there's the really cool puzzles that involve the um, you know kind of almost like a minecart thing like where you're it's auto moving the platform and that only really happens once or twice in the entire game I feel that with a game like blossom tail they're, um they kind of ran out of ideas like that and they kind of end up overusing them um, which is a result of like you said Lucas probably not having the dev time to necessarily put into it which is fine or the size of the or team the size exactly or the size of the dev team which is fine because again like I think I paid like $5 for this game so I, I think I'm more than got my money's worth but I you know being critical of the game if if you they were to make Blossom Tales 2 these are the things that I w- the critical feedback I would give to them um, but yeah no it's a really great um, it's a really great uh, game still so I'm not going to really talk too much more about that one Fi- the final thing that I have been playing some of, well, I guess aside from like Smash here or there is, and I'm gonna get my cartridges, um, my 3DS. Because with Breath of the Wild 2 on the horizon, I've been on a Zelda kick, and I have been playing Ocarina of Time 3D, beat the heck out of that, and then nice. I moved right into Master Mode. Uh, or not Master Mode, to uh, Majora's, Majora's Mask rather. And, man, Majora's Mask is just so good! It is just, like, every time I play it, I forget how good it is, and it makes, reminds me of how high it is on my list on, like, you know, my favorite Zelda games. Maybe not my number one, but, like, right up there, you know? So, yeah, those have been the games that I have been playing. What about y'all?
0: So rather than talking about the game that I've been playing, because we all just know it's Minecraft, um, I actually finally wanted to give a mini review of the new Switch, now that I've actually finally had the chance to play with it. Um, So its biggest selling features are the fact that it's allegedly got twice the battery life, and people have also noticed and done tests on that it does have a slightly brighter screen. It's not really that noticeable from what I've seen, but I also haven't touched an original Switch since I turned this one on, so I might just already be used to it at this point. So I'm curious next time I meet up with uh, EP or Hellhound to have a look at theirs in the same types of areas I've been in to see, you know, if it is indeed noticeable. Um, but let's talk about the battery for a minute. It is definitely noticeable. Um, it's not something you notice if you're in a long gaming session because no matter what, your Switch is still going to be dead right in the middle of a critical moment, but it is noticeable. Um, I charged it fully on Friday night, and I did not, with normal weekend gameplay, I didn't have to throw it on the charger again until Sunday morning. Hmm. Um, I didn't, you know, play heavily that weekend. It was just an average weekend, but normally, you know, I'd throw it on the charger Friday night. And then by Saturday afternoon it would be dead, so I'd have to charge it again. And then, you know, I'd have to charge it halfway through Sunday after gaming all day. But yeah, I actually only had to charge it on Sunday morning. or Sunday late afternoon, sorry. Um, so yeah, so it is definitely worth it if you can find one. You just need to make sure you call ahead. Um, my local Best Buy, I haven't seen them there at yet. My GameStop got one case of them, so I was able to pick one up from my local GameStop. Um, I believe they're selling them on Amazon right now. Um, the other thing, though, is when you get a new Switch, whether you're getting a Switch Lite or one of these Red Box Switches, plan, depending on how many digital games you've got, Plan on not being able to play your Switch for some time. Um, I've got about 350 gigs worth of games. I started the download. Wait, the how many night gigs? I got it. 300. About
1: 350. Like how big 50. is your memory card? Is it? Do you have 500?
0: I, yeah, I'm running a 512. Lord you almighty. have
1: 350 digital games. Lord.
0: No, not 350 digital games. 350 gigabytes worth of digital games.
2: Oh, okay. But That's you you've got to you've got to remember though.
0: I've got you know, Doom, the digital version. I now have a digital version of Skyrim. Um, I've got Bayonetta 1 and 2, which are both moderately sized. Final Fantasy X HD Remaster is digital. And I've got one other big one, I just can't remember what it was. But you will spend quite a bit of time downloading your games if you have as much as I do. Um, Brian actually picked himself up a new Switch as well. Uh, he's, I think he's running a 128-gig card. His games were downloaded in five hours. Got it. So, you know, that's still a little bit of time, but it's not all weekend like mine was. Um, and that one thing alone has made me decide to cancel my Switch Lite pre-order. Because not only is the battery life not going to be as good on the Switch Lite as it is on the new Switch, um, I don't want to go through the downloading of my games again.
1: So are you going to get a second switch or are you just gonna still stick with just having i'm just
0: i'm just gonna stick with my one new switch fair so
1: Uh, okay so now i have to ask you a few questions about this uh yes um i hear that and you talked about this a little bit that the screen is supposed to be a little bit better and all that fun stuff
0: it's it's actually tested by graphics people that it does have a different color palette Mm -hmm. that does make it brighter
1: Okay, so have you tested this on, like, let's say, Breath of the Wild? Like, obviously, it says that there's, like, what, 9 to 10 hours max, but on a game like Breath of the Wild, that's so graphics intensive. Like, what type of battery life are we talking on a more intense game, like maybe Hyrule Warriors? So,
0: okay, that's what I was going to say, is Hyrule Warriors is my graphics test. Um, I was able to play for a solid hour and a half and got down to about 50% battery. Mm -hmm. Which, I don't know what that compares to To the normal one, but Lucas and I Can both attest to the fact that Hyrule Warriors Is a battery drainer I could probably only get two hours of battery Maybe two and a half In a normal Hyrule Warriors session Mm -hmm. And like I say, an hour and a half And I was down to about 50% Got it So, So worth the upgrade, you think? It's worth the upgrade if you can get it on a good deal I wouldn't say pay full price on it but where, like, GameStop was doing, you know, a new Switch for 75 bucks, Yeah, definitely worth it.
2: Okay. So I don't know yeah. if
0: they're still doing that trade-in deal, but they were doing a trade-in deal where they would give you two twenty five for your old Switch, mm-hmm. and then you put that towards a new one. I and, think to I which,
2: read somewhere that Nintendo is, like, upgrading them for free now? Um,
0: sort of. That's if only... What? Uh,
1: yeah, go ahead, Steve.
0: Uh, what they're doing is if you brought your Switch after, Ju- I think it was July 19th is the oh. date. If you bought it after that date, then you can send it to Nintendo and they'll send you a new one. I think but I would
2: qualify un- for that.
0: No, you, you have a launch Switch. Mm. July 19th of July this year. July 29th, 2019. Oh,
1: this year. Okay. Yeah. Like right before the announcement happened. They're just trying to have right. good faith for people that would have bought gotcha, right before they announced. Gotcha. Right.
0: <laughs> So, did you have any other questions, Eugene?
1: No, those were kind of my main ones. I just kind of wanted to see what the... Because, like, you know, obviously they're going to say, yeah, 10 hours battery life, but what about, like, uh, in a real game? You know, like, Thank, that
0: thank like? you, EP, for keeping us straight. It's actually July 17th. Thank you, EP. So, thank you for fact-checking us. We appreciate that.
1: Well, at the very least, the battery was hopefully long enough to download your games, but...
0: Oh, I, it stayed docked with its Ethernet connector <laughs> all weekend. I was very sad. Fair.
1: <laughs> all right, Lucas, well, what you have been downloading? Oh, boy. Um, I
2: wanted to go last because I feel like I'm going to run the clock, but maybe not. We'll see. Um, I've been playing three games, and I want to talk about all of them at length. Uh, the first is Dragon's Dogma, which was recommended to me by my good friend, Phantom. Um, it's a good game, man. He was trying to sell me on it by saying it's kind of Monster Hunter-ish. I would argue, having played it, it's much more Skyrim-ish in, like, all the right ways. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's obviously a lot smaller, but you you get out, you you set up your character, you leave your home village, you go off to the capital city, and then it's just like, who wants to just explore randomly for, like, 20 hours? I do! So I'm running around forests, and there's zombies coming out of the ground, and oh my god, I love it, man. But, that um, game was fun
1: back on the 360,
2: I remember. Yeah, it's so good. Um, the real gimmick, which Eugene will know because he already played it, is um, the pawn system, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool for an RPG. Basically, you get one character that you create alongside your main character, and they're like your you know partner that levels up with you. But then the other two slots in your party... And this is a a real-time RPG, so it's not like, you know, the traditional RPG party. But you have, like, mages and, you know, archers and everything. Um, But those other two characters are made up of other people's partner characters, which are called pawns. And you download them, and you add them to your team, and you just kind of keep adding new pawns and going about your business. Um, I do kind of wish, I mentioned this to Phantom, that there was a way to um store upon and actually like level them up. So if you've oh, had yeah. one that you like fell in love with, you could kind of play alongside them the entire game instead of having to constantly replace them but them yeah, yeah it, it'd be nice but it's a it's a good game man. Um, I yeah, on good. a on a whim I chose to play as a girl and I came across a group of all-female bandits kind of like nice. the Gerudo. and they were like, oh, you're a girl, come on in, we don't care. But then, like, I came back and I tried to bring my male avatar, and I was like, I wonder if that's just cosmetic. And they were like, It's a man! Kill him! So, like, (laughs) that was cool. Um, It's just, it's one of those games that I can tell, like, I'm gonna just wander around and just kind of slowly grind my way through it experience all the different stuff and just get lost in the world i love those kind of games so and
1: see i was just gonna ask you do you have multiple characters going but you already answered that so yeah
2: i actually i actually don't i just have the one but my partner pawn is uh, dude, the ma- so. oh got it okay yeah,
1: got now it.
2: i'd love okay. to i'd love to set up another account at some point and see what that's all about but i've got so much of the world to explore on this one account right now that it's like you know, when I when I want to delve into something new, I can. But one of the nice things about this game is it does let you change a lot of the aspects of your character. So I don't really have that Skyrim-esque need to do that. You know, you can change everything from your gender to the way your character looks to the class that you chose at the beginning. So I've got options. I like that. Uh, but anyway, that's Dragon's Dogma, a game that I played a lot of right up until August 20th because then I had birthday stuff to play. Um... One of those games is Fire Emblem Three Houses. And I gotta say, I am so happy. It's so good. (laughs) Um, I loved Fire Emblem Awakening. I got it in college. I absolutely fell in love with it. I played it, like, dozens of times just to pair up every character with every other character and see all the interactions they have. Mm -hmm. I I love that game. Um, I thought Fates was kind of a Fire Emblem Awakening ripoff of sorts. Like, it, it ha- borrowed a lot of the mechanics that worked so well in Awakening, but whereas, like, in Awakening, okay, so, like, having children and having them join your army. In Awakening, it made sense because it's like, okay, these are kids from the future who, like, came with Lucina to save the world that was destroyed. In Fates, they just kind of shoehorned it in because they wanted to have the same gameplay mechanics. So they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, the warriors of the village put their children in a cave (laughs) that has magical timey-wimey properties, and the kids come out as adults and fight along. It's it's. you could tell it was forced and you could tell they were yeah. trying to use the awakening, you know, engine for everything it was worth. But um I just I never got that into it. Also, in a game that's largely about pairing you up with other characters and forging like romantic relationships alongside platonic ones, it was a little weird that like half the cast were considered your brothers and sisters. That made it a little uncomfortable to play. Um, mhm. Fire Emblem Three Houses has a little bit of that because you're a teacher and you're teaching all of these young students, and then eventually you're going to get a time skip and, you know, the the kids will grow up a little bit and you can romance however you want. But still a little weird when you're, like, talking to these students and they're like, thank you, professor, and you're like, oh, we're going to get married. But, um... Yeah, it's, a, it's an awesome game, dude. And I don't even think I've mentioned, like, one of the coolest things is that it actually has, like, an overworld. I mean, it's small. It's just, like, a city that you can explore. But it's an actual, like, overworld that you can walk around in and talk to people and experience different things. You set up lesson plans for the characters. So instead of your um, allies coming in with, like, you know a rank like they usually have like oh this Mm -hmm. character is a knight but you can change them to a pegasus knight or you know that kind of stuff everybody just starts out with the same basic class and everybody's just kind of an all-around you know thing and they all have their own like goals and aspirations for what they want to become but you can really like like a teacher you shape their future which is just so cool um, he, and you said so I'm the just voice kinda, acting
1: was really good in it, too, right? Oh,
2: man, I'm, I'm a snob. Like, I hate Japanese, or I hate American voice acting. I almost always play in Japanese, uh-huh. but I love the voice acting in this game. I think it's super solid. So, Especially um, kind of your partner character, your Midna-type character, this green-haired girl who's some kind of goddess that lives in your head or your heart and talks oh, to you and everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Her voice acting, man, is spot on. It's just so casual. like That's the thing about Fire Emblem. They do a really good job of finding these voice actors who can do a really casual human kind of delivery and they do it really well whereas like when i played zelda one of the big critiques i had with the english voice acting and why i I cringed and turned it off right away is because it's all very Link, open your eyes and it's like you know that that doesn't that doesn't hit me in the right places so it's easier to play a game where i can't understand what you're saying but when it's all really like chill and relaxed and kind of carefree it's like okay cool i can roll with this
1: yeah, but the voice um, yeah. So in, that's uh, that's. Of the Wild was more like ABC Family, you know. It's like ew, 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 ew. well, it's and like, it
2: was it was very dramatic. It was very dramatic. And admittedly, a game that was supposed to be dramatic, but it didn't work for me. Like the Japanese worked fine. I enjoyed it well enough. I'd be fine with having voice acting in another Zelda game, just as long as you let me play in Japanese, please Nintendo, please I'm begging you. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's Fire Emblem. I'm sure I'm going to be talking about that one for a while because I've. I've joined one of the three houses. For those of you who are playing along, I joined uh, Black Eagle House. Which house did you join? Um, but the last game that I wanna talk about is the one that's probably gonna bore the most people, so I apologize for that. Um, there was a new Yu-Gi-Oh! game that came out on the Switch. Oh, boy!
1: It's really I'm actually excited about this. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, the- after We were you talking about this before you the ta- show, yeah. Started.
0: You- you found your buddy you can play with. Eugene will buy it he, at he some point. He hyped me up
1: yeah. pre-show and I'm like, man, I, do I need Dude, Yu-Gi-Oh in my he, life? I think I do.
0: Lucas Lucas almost has me hyped up and I don't know crap <laughs> about Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, I am the
2: one person on the planet who grew up playing Yu-Gi-Oh who didn't switch over to Magic the Gathering when he was an adult. He just kind of stopped playing Yu-Gi-Oh because nobody played Yu-Gi-Oh after like 15 Um, but I never, I never learned another card game. I never really got into any of the other ones. I still like to, like, pick up a deck and be like, oh, look, they came out with a new Yu-Gi-Oh! monster! But, um, (laughs) this game, which I think is called Legacy of the Duelists? Yes, Legacy of the Duelists. Link Evolution. Fancy. Um... It's a collection of, like, all of the different Yu-Gi-Oh! stories. So it kind of does that traditional thing that you get in a lot of games that are based off of animes, where, like, the story mode kind of tells the story of the show. Which is cool if you care about the show, but nobody really cared about the show, at least- And I do! Like, season one.
1: Well, Um, season two, too. Season two is still good. They lost me in season three. Season two was solid.
2: Um but but anyway so like you're playing through the game and the campaign mode which is the mode that I'm really invested in right now because it's a way to earn money is um, in game money don't get too excited is um, like you play through all of the famous battles from the the show and they didn't skimp man this isn't like a fighting game where it's like oh here's five battles Mm -hmm. from a show that had like 80 episodes no this is like okay here's the one where Yugi fought Joey and now here's the one where Joey fought bandit Keith and now here's the one where you're playing as Taya, and she's fighting my valentine like it, it's it, it, I, I, I'm playing this game and I'm I'm remembering scenes from a cartoon that I watched once when I was like 10 sure. so like that's cool um, so the way campaign works is they give you a deck based on the character usually with like a gimmick so um, the first fight where you're playing Yugi against uh, Kaiba you start to notice you have a lot of cards oh, that God, are basically yeah, just like this one. There's a lot of cards that are like, hey, draw a bunch more cards. And I'm like, oh, cool, I got a piece of Exodia. And then I'm like, oh, wait, so the gimmick is they want me to, you know. So you can win however you want, but they wanted me to get all five Exodia was, pieces and
1: So I was just going to ask that. Does it follow the same, like, gimmick as what it would be the gimmick in the show? Like, okay, this, this turn, like, you're going to get the trap card that you need to block this, like that type of thing?
2: To it. To a degree, largely, it's still randomized because what fun is a card game that's all scripted? But sure. um, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it, they'll give you like specific decks with like a strategy behind them. So just because you're playing as Yugi doesn't mean you're gonna have like Dark Magician and Celtic Guardian and stuff. You might have some of his other cards that were used for like a particular strategy, and it's all kind of used to kind of teach you how to play the game better, which is cool. Um, In addition to that, the the first level of every episode, because they're broken up by, like, the show, Mm -hmm. teaches you the gimmick of that season. So it's like, in the first one, it's just like, here's how you play Yu-Gi-Oh!, and the second one, it's like, here's how you do fusion. By the end, it's like, oh, this is what a synchro summon is. You need to learn that now. So, like, it's kind of cool because there's a bunch of gimmicks I don't know in the game, and now I can kind of play through and learn them all and kind of practice and get good. Um, I mentioned that you collect in-game monies, and the thing I love about that is that you spend those in-game monies on booster packs, and you unlock cards that you can add to your deck so you can start building your own deck to play against people online, or computers, because all the computers get unlocked and they have, like, new strategies when you battle them one-on-one. Sure. Um, so a while back I got into Yu-Gi-Oh! when I started playing the game on the 3DS, and I started building a, like, a real-world deck again. Well, now I've kind of got it and, you know, I built it because it's like, this is fun and nostalgic, but I don't have any friends in the real world who want to play with me. Except <sighs> this one guy I know from my childhood who doesn't know how the new rules work. So we're never going to play. So um, now I can, like, just play and have an awesome time and actually, like, work on a deck again. It's, it's cool. It's, I mean, it's obviously not something I would ever take seriously. I don't even know if I'm ever going to jump online unless I have, like, a friend who wants to play with me. Because sure. I don't really need to. There's so much computer battle that it's like, you know, this is, this is what I want. But the, but thing the that option really is of, Yeah, the option is there. They have online. They have, like, random matchups. One of the things I love about it is it's, it's, it is what I want from a Pokemon post-game. Like, there are modes where you can um, get random decks built from, like, five different boosters. There's a mode where you play three matches against a computer, and after every match you have a draft where you can choose to draft new cards onto your deck to, like, change your strategy and stuff. Right. Like, there's just, there's so many options, so many unlockables, so much to do. It, it's like an old-school game. Like There's no microtransactions, there's no DLC that I'm aware of anyway. I haven't seen any ads for DLC or anything. It's just like picking up a really good Yu-Gi-Oh! game like like they used to be on like the Game Boy and playing it. Except now you have the choice of whether you want to just use those old cards mm-hmm. or whether you want to dive into all the new stuff. Because there's so many things to do in just the original campaign that you could just keep booting that up. And if you just wanted to keep fighting Pegasus and Kaiba and stuff, you can do that. And I think you can even filter it online. So I think you can even filter it online, Eugene. So like if we played together, we could just play with an original deck. I think I remembered reading that that was a thing. So it's cool, man. I'm, I'm loving it. After I finish up with this one and GX... I'm going to jump into Zexal because I know how XY summoning works, and that's like the deck that I built. Then mm-hmm. I'm going to jump in all the stuff I didn't know anything about and learn all these rules I missed out on while I was busy going to school instead of playing card games.
1: So. I- I'm telling you, I'm on the right side of the fence to get this game, I think. Like, I'm, I'm about if, to jump.
0: You know, if you- I'm, I'm not going to lie. It kind of sounds fun, and it would get me through this uh, card collecting fix that I have right now. Yeah. Like I've I've been on eBay and bought a couple of Pokemon cards, not because I play, but, but because, because like they're cool collect, looking you know, cards. Yeah, right. right.
2: Well, well, two, a couple of things to that. First of all, all the cards in this game are free. You just earn them by playing games. It'd be a fun new game to learn if you like card games. And card games. if you ever did get into collecting Yu-Gi-Oh! cards online, they only cost like eight cents each because they're totally worthless. <laughs>
1: yeah, so that's actually it. also true. Yeah, you go and try and find. Yeah, a Yu-Gi-Oh! Shiny Yu-Gi-Oh! cards Charizard did and... not.
2: Yu-Gi-Oh cards aged horribly. The most, like, rare ones are worth, like, 30 bucks. So yeah. they, they literally, you can go online and just buy a card for, like, two cents. And,
0: and which card are those? Blue-Eyes, White Dragon, Red-Eyes, Black no, Dragon, not even Exodia? No? No,
2: not even. Maybe Exodia because he was kind of always a big, See, I know some legendary. Yu-Gi-Oh. I speak but, <laughs> a little bit. But no, it's just, Dark like, magician some... magician girl. There there are some that are, like, like I was talking about XYZ summons. That's, like, you know, they are these rare ones with, like, a black border around them that, like, you need to use to do thing those ones run a little more because they're so hard to find in a pack but even with that it's like you're never going to pay more than like 30 bucks for a card man dude <laughs> i recommend it it's like it's like baby's first magic the gathering in my opinion i know okay. a lot of people who moved on to magic i didn't learn anything about it i don't really care to but i have yeah. a nostalgia for it and i don't know if you'll get the same joy out of playing the game that i do but if you guys pick it up i will play with both of you Okay. You know,
1: it's it's funny though because I don't think of it as Baby's Magic: The Gathering because I played Magic first, and then I played Yu-Gi-Oh. And they're, you know, they oh yeah, they sim they're similar, but like I think each of them have their own strengths and weaknesses. I I do think yes. that Yu-Gi-Oh is slightly less um, convoluted, uh, I guess. Or... But I, yeah, ex- there you go. Yeah, but I think that's to its advantage, honestly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's fun. Well,
2: cool. So I just I just ruined our entire stats. We now have no listeners.
1: That we're
2: one fine. kid. That one kid who played Yu Gi Oh in high school. So, thanks for sticking around, Jeff.
0: So I have two <laughs> things that I want to add to mine, real quick. Go ahead. Um, the first thing is we got a correction. Um, the GameStop trade, according to Brianosaurus, goes until the. Oh crap, I need to scroll up. Um nine fifteen, so September fifteenth. Um the second thing, I just learned something new in Minecraft. If I have a tamed animal and you have a tamed animal, but we only have one and one, if I feed them both and get them into breeding mode, I get the animal that pops out as my own. Huh. So I don't like know what that I means. so I have one cat. I have one cat. Brennan has, like, four cats. I've been waiting for cats to spawn in, like, my switch is on. I'm in the underwater village. I'm waiting for another cat to spawn so I can tame it, but one hasn't spawned for the entire hour and a half we've been doing this show.
1: Okay, well, what happens in in my scenario where I have two cats, two dogs, and then a baby spawned?
2: One fine day with a wolf and a purr, a baby was born and it caused a little stir. No, blue don't, lizard, no three-eyed frogs, canine the, Don't let the baby
0: get bitten dog. by a zombie and ride a chicken, or you have a real problem on your hands. Also,
2: <laughs> don't let the
0: dingo eat your baby. Yeah, that too. Fair. And watch out for bees, they're evil. See, Steve,
2: I want to chastise you for, like, just throwing Minecraft into our conversation, but I just spent the better part of 20 minutes talking about Yu-Gi-Oh!
0: So. Yeah.
2: I guess it's open game
1: for that kind of stuff tonight. Yeah, how do you
0: want to nerd out, Eugene?
1: Uh, you know, I'm I'm st- ready to nerd out playing Rocket League later on with y'all because there's 12 minutes left in my download, and I'm excited about that. And you know what? I think that brought us to the end of the show now that I think about it because we've done it, guys. We've talked about all the games we've been playing. So all there left is to do is to first, number one, thank all you fine listeners and viewers if you're on Twitch, Thank you so much From me to you Um, Second We're going to tell you Where you can find us When we're not on the show Um, Go to Infendo.com Join our Discord actually That's probably the best place To keep track of all of us And all the games we're playing And you know Just kind of chit chatting With all of the viewers It's a fun group in there Um, If you want to find me individually, follow me on at InfendoEugene at Twitter. Also, go ahead and follow at Eugene on Twitter. uh, Or, I'm sorry, at Eugene. I don't know what that is. Follow that and tell me what that is. Report back next week. But also follow at (laughs) Infendo. Um, Steve, where can the people follow
0: you? Um, You need to go to the Discord, like you mentioned, because I'm always in there talking about Minecraft and Minecraft and Minecraft. Um, you can also see my pictures of Minecraft on Twitter That gentus um, one Yeah, and those are the two places that you can find me Minecraft and Minecraft
1: <laughs> Fair Alright, well um, Lucas, where can the people find you?
2: People can find me where they can always find me, at my website, which is chromatichue.com, or at my Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash chromatic underscore hue. I wanted Chromatic Hue, but somebody beat me to it, and I rue them for getting there before me. (laughs) Um, If you want to give me Chromatic Hue, please write us at infendo.com, because that would be cool. Um, I hope you're not working on a video game, because that would be really awkward. Um, (laughs) My my, my Twitter exists, but I don't do much with it, so you can check that out if you can find it. But I'm not going to tell you what the address is, so don't go there. What you can do is go to our Discord um, and come hang out with us, because we love meeting new people. And also, while you're there, you can swing by my channel, which is also called Chromatic Hue, because I'm not very original apparently, and see what I'm working <laughs> out of my game. So go do all that, and mostly pay attention to me.
1: Very nice. All right. Well, um, don't forget to follow Justin as well. He's not here tonight, but he'll most likely be back next week. The Utilidork.com. You can see his Disney stuff, and at Infendo Justin to follow his Nintendo. But all right, everybody, we are going to get out of here. Um, next week is the last episode of the month, so we will see you then. Catch you all next time.
0: Peace. Bye-bye! How would you like to get a shout-out once a week instead of once a month? You can do that. Just join our producer level over at patreon.com slash infendoradio, and we'll give you a shout-out at the beginning of each show.